This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks with the Voice of Leadership and Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. And today, I want to ask you, is this your blooming season or is the blooming season over? And what made me think about this, even as we're about to change seasons right now, is that I got an orchid plant several months ago from a dear first cousin and his wife. And what they didn't know is that I'm probably one of the most horrible people with plants. And I didn't want it to die. And I loved it. It was so beautiful. I love flowers. And those of you who know me know I have clothes with lots of flowers on them. I wear flowers in my hair. So I'm a big flower person. I'm just not a great horticulturist myself. And so I really wanted to keep this orchid alive. And so I studied up on it a little bit to figure out what would be the best approaches and so on. And I'm happy to report that the orchid bloomed for about three and a half months. And the growing season and cycle is such that you might get to keep the blooms for about anywhere from two months to four months. So for me, that was great because I was almost at the four month mark in terms of how long I kept this orchid going. And it really got me to thinking about other lessons that we can learn from orchids and whether they're in bloom or not, and what is the application to business. So that's what I'm really going to talk about today. When an orchid is in bloom, there are various ways you take care of it. First, they like it mild, they like it warm, they like it humid, somewhere between 50 and 90 degrees, and usually more like 70 degrees would be great, and maybe 40 to 70% humidity. So already this summer, it was close to 100 degrees when I was dealing with this orchid, and we don't have very much humidity here in Colorado, so it wouldn't be maybe ideal conditions with low humidity. Now, orchids don't like a whole lot of water. They don't want to be drowned in water. They like very little water. So if you've got a five or six inch pot for your flower, you would put about a fourth of cup of water in there once a week as a maximum in general. And what some people do is they actually use ice cubes and about three ice cubes is equivalent to about a fourth a cup of water. So depending on how big the plant is, will determine how much water you need to put in there. Now you wanna put the ice cubes in the soil and the other material that's in the pot, though not on the leaves. You don't want to freeze the leaves. You're just using it as a water source. Now, also, orchids like indirect light, not real direct light. So if you have a place that's eastern facing or southern facing, that's probably perfect for an orchid. Western might be a little bit too hot, and north might be a little bit too cold. Now, when you water the plant, you want to water it thoroughly, 
and also drain it thoroughly so that the water is running out of the bottom and not pooling anywhere because you don't want the roots to start to rot or to mold. And between waterings, you are letting the plant dry out. Now, you're doing all of this, which is really a lot of work, in my opinion, keeping up with all of this. And this is how you take care of it during the blooming season. And you want to make sure that the material that the orchid is planted in is slightly acidic, maybe some kind of bark, different kind of moss, peat, and those who deal with orchids can give you more detailed information and instruction about what you're really looking for. And as you're watering it every week, you want to check the roots to make sure they're healthy. So the healthy roots would be plump, they'd be white, they'd be green. That's a well-watered plant. Now, if it's shriveled up and if it's gray, well, that plant needs some water. If it's spongy, if it's black, if it's brown, then it might have too much water and it might be rotting. Now, there are times you might be in a place where it's much hotter and you might need to water the orchid up to two times a week in a climate where it's warmer and where the plant is blooming and growing. And that's when it needs its most care during that time. Now, let's say the blooming season is over and that's what's happened with my orchid. It's come to the end of the blooming season. I just took off the last half a little a bloom today. And so now it's in a dormant phase or a quiescent phase. And I say that because all the rest of the time, as one flower would fade out, another flower would come in and it just kept blooming and kept blooming and kept blooming in that way. Now, once it stopped growing and now it's in that resting phase, this is the time when you have to do some other kind of work for maintenance. During this time, you might actually water it even less, maybe only the once a week. The, the plant might take slightly more sun, but still you don't want to be in direct sun. And somewhere towards the spring or later in its quiescent phase, you might want to repot the plant. You don't repot it at all while it's growing. That would be the wrong time to do repotting. And before you repot, you want to snip off what they call the flower spikes. So where the flower has been growing, you snip that down all the way to the branch unless you have a certain kind of orchid that can still regrow with those same snips, the same um, area, the same spikes. And that's only a one variety. And I think it's called a phalaenopsis or something like that. So you'll have to look it up and see if you have one of those kinds of orchids. Otherwise, you cut that little spike right down to the branch. Now, you can't just go and cut it off. You have to sterilize whatever you're using, whether it's scissors, whether it's a razor blade, you have to sterilize that with alcohol because orchids like very clean environment and clean condition. And you don't want to transfer any germs or difficulties to the plant by using tools that have not been disinfected and have not been sterilized. Now, somewhere along the line, while you are in this quiet phase, that's later the time you would fertilize the plant as well. And you would feed it with the kind of fertilizer that's appropriate for orchids and something that's water soluble. And you wouldn't use this during the growing season, but later on during the more dormant phase. Now, a great pot for an orchid is one where it's kind of tightly in there like a plastic 
container that has holes in it so that the water is going to come out the bottom, but not so many big holes that all of the material that's in there comes out. You don't want that. So you have to have the right size holes. And then you would put it in an unglazed clay pot as well. So this is really quite an operation to keep up with what's going on with an orchid. And the reason, by the way, that you remove the faded blooms, like I removed one today, is because you don't want to keep feeding something that's dead or dying because those nutrients can be used for new growth later rather than to feed old growth that's not really going to come back. So there's all of this that you're paying attention to. Now, in addition, there are some pests and there are some situations that can also bother orchids. There are some kinds of spider mites, certain kind of fungus gnats, and other kind of, I'll say, insects that can bother orchids. If you see them, you might have to just brush them off and away from the plant, or you might even have to use a soapy water solution in order to clean them up. Or you might use a little bit of neem, which is kind of like a health food oriented thing. It's sort of like a disinfectant, if you will, natural sort of disinfectant as well. So what you're looking for during all this time is you're looking for any challenges or difficulties. Like if the leaves start getting brown or black spots or other kind of problems, it could mean that it's got a virus. If the plant gets a virus, it really can't be salvaged. And if you have other plants then the best thing to do is to throw it away because the virus might spread to other plants and cause other problems. Bacteria, you can also treat sometimes if it gets a bacteria, but they're very finicky if they get any of these things. So pay attention. If it has yellow leaves, you might be over watering it. It might be getting too much water and look for stress. So for example, let's say the buds come out for the flowers, but then it doesn't bloom. Again, there may be some stress, maybe too much water, maybe not enough water. Maybe it doesn't have enough sunlight. It's in a, in a place that it doesn't thrive in, doesn't care for. And if you've got your plant in a place that's good for it, in that case, you can get blooms up to twice a year with your orchid. Now, a lot of people don't go through all this work. They'll just throw it away, buy a new one when it's in a blooming season. However, if you want to keep it, these are some things that you can do. Now, if it's showing these signs of stress, you might have to reduce the temperature for a couple of nights in order to get it to bloom. And you might have to, again, change the lighting or the food that you're feeding the plant or do something different that gives it a better environment for your particular orchid. And if you need to increase humidity, you might also keep it on a bed of moistened pebbles to increase humidity. But again, remember, you're not putting it in water. You're not letting it sit in standing water or get rotted out or molded at the bottom in any way. Now, one thing to remember with orchids is even though they're not blooming in the season and they can look kind of unattractive or boring or like nothing's happening, this dormant period is part of the natural growing cycle. And there are even some bulbs they call back bulbs that remain green on the plant. However, those are no longer going to produce the leaves and flowers themselves. However, they do feed nutrients and energy to active bulbs. So during this time, 
the plant is recharging. It's rebuilding its energy for the next flowering season. So don't think that nothing's going on. Dormancy is also part of growth. It's a part of building energy, getting strength for the next growing season. Now, when I think about this in terms of your company or your organization and what you're trying to grow and what you're trying to create in your company, I see several things maybe to pay attention to and to just think about what the parallels are. So for one thing, you have to, with orchids and with companies, you have to stop, you have to inspect the plant, inspect the company, see what's going on, observe and pay attention. What do you see? Are you seeing yellow leaves? Are you seeing leaves that are mushy and drooping? Are you seeing leaves that are stiffened and rising up? They all tell you something different. And when you stop to inspect and to observe and you're paying attention, assess the needs. What needs to shift? What else do you need to look at? Do you need to pull the orchid out of its container to see what the roots are looking like? And that may give you some more information so you can better assess needs. But you are assessing needs to determine if you have the right environment, if you have the right food uh, for your business at this time and this season. So what environment are you providing for your company right now? What is the sustenance that you're using to keep things green and alive and growing or to keep things building during the dormant season for when you're going to be blooming again. So that's number three, providing the right environment and the right food and so on. And then number four is being willing to try different approaches. Educate yourself. What does your company need? And if you've already tried X and it doesn't work, maybe you want to try Y and see if that could get better results. And informed experiments. You are looking at what's worked before, what's worked in the past, what's worked for companies like yours, what are the dynamics in your company that may be different from the dynamics in someone else's company, and then you're making some strategic decisions about what to try. And five is, even as you're doing all of this, remember to be responsive. You don't just set it and forget it. You may have to make multiple changes throughout the year in order to have the optimal conditions for success in your company. And remember that growth occurs in different cycles and even the quiet phase, the dormant phase is part of the growth cycle. You want to know what kind of organization you have and what are the specific care and instructions for your organization. Do you have an entrepreneurial startup? Are you in the early phase? Are you in the late phase of a startup? Are you a seasoned company that's been around for two or 300 years? A company that's large, has a big footprint, and maybe it's even global. You're going to need different things than a startup mom and pop shop. You're going to need some different aspects in order to grow. And keep in mind that just like those older bulbs on an orchid feed other parts of the plant that are still growing in your organization. You have parts of the business that are mature, services and products that have been making money for a long time and that are kind of like your go-to place. And they give some margin and ability for you to experiment and innovate with new services and new products along the way. So keep in mind, one size doesn't fit all. What works for you 
what your sweet spot is is not necessarily the same as for another organization. So it's important to remember to change the care, the feeding, and the strategy as needed. Identify the pests and the diseases out there, both internally that can threaten your company and also externally that can threaten your company. So if I think about internally, for example, you may have silos where people are not communicating and talking to one another, which is a lost opportunity that's left on the table. You may have a lack of collaboration. Instead of collaborating, people may have a lot of strife from internal competition and jealousies and infighting. And all that does is to make you weaker and to take away from your growth and growth cycle and causing things to flourish in your organization. This is all internal sabotage of one sort or another. You may also have some external assaults from competitors. It's just that, like that biblical example that said that while the farmer was asleep, an enemy came and sowed tares in among the wheat. So there are people who may be out there to do you harm. And so you want to be conscious of and cognizant of what's going on in the external environment that could also affect your corporate environment. The bottom line of all of this, whether we're talking about plants or whether we're talking about organizations, is that it's a matter of keeping things in balance. If you have too much fertilizer, that's going to kill the plant. If you don't have enough, the plant's not going to have what it needs to grow and to grow in a robust way. If you have too much light, it's going to scorch and kill the plant. If you don't have enough light, it's not going to bloom. If you have too much water, the plant's going to rot and it's not going to thrive and it'll probably die. Not enough water and the same thing, it's going to shrivel up and die on you. So you need just the right amount of water for sustenance. You need the right amount of soil or the kind of product in which you are planting the orchid. And you need the right size holes, even for the plastic pot that you have inside the ceramic pot. So in order to know what to do in your business and to keep this balance, you need information. You need continuous feedback loops so that you can take the corrective action that's necessary. You need inspiration in the company, some robust and exciting goals and objectives. And you need to pay attention to the roots. Are they healthy? And what might the roots be? The roots might be your values. What are the values that the company stands by and that you want all team members to really live by in the workplace? Perhaps Part of your root system is your history, your heritage. Heritage is a company. Perhaps it's your reputation in the marketplace, your brand, the market share that you've managed to gather over the years. So there are a lot of levers and a lot of gauges that you are looking at to assess and ascertain the health of your business and your company, even as it's continuing to grow, whether in a flourishing stage of growth, the flowering stage, or a more dormant and preparatory stage of growth. So when we think about the orchid, there are parallels to your business, to your company, and there are also parallels, not just at the big picture company level, also at the individual level of the people in your organization. So when I think about the individual application, I'm thinking about 
the seasoned workers who were there and who actually come alongside the newer employees to do knowledge transfer, to share wisdom, and to help develop the next generation and to increase that bench strength and to engage in the succession planning process. So there's a reason that those seasoned people are there. Even if some of the younger people can work circles around them now, they still have valuable input that the younger worker can use and needs in order to save time and energy. You also want to look at at the individual level, what does development look like for each person on your executive team? Who needs what? When do they need it? And how much? Just like every orchid is different, every person in your organization is different. And you want to have a development plan that meets the needs of that individual person. Some orchids might need more water than others. Some might need more or less sun or fertilizer. You have to look at each one individually and figure out what is the proper care plan. And you have to be able to see the signs of stress in each one of your people to know what to do, what's missing, what do they need, how can you change the envelope for them to get a different outcome. You might need to move that person to a new spot, just like the orchid has to get a different sun angle. You might have to repot that person in terms of where you place them and what you have them doing. Maybe it's a bigger role, maybe it's a bigger opportunity where they're not so cramped. It's just in a new place with new people where they can grow, thrive, and flourish at a greater degree because they've outgrown where they are. So I want you to just imagine that the lessons from the orchid are at the organizational level and also at the individual level as well. So as we close today, thinking about lessons from the orchid plant, and I'll keep you posted and let you know if I get another growing season from my current orchid, and if I'm able to care for it in the way that it needs to be cared for, such that I'll see some more beautiful flowers, maybe in a few more months, I'd say six more months from now. So we'll wait and see what happens. I want to read something that is a picture that Jesus shared of a parable. It's a parable about a fig tree that wasn't bearing fruit. This is from Luke the 13th chapter, starting with verse 6, and it says, He also spoke this parable, and he meaning Jesus. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. So when you think about your organization, there are things that are in an infancy, incubation, innovation period, and maybe it looks like you should get rid of it. And perhaps what you really need to do is nurture it a little bit longer and see if it will take off at a later time. And then let's say you've given it its trials, it's finished going through all of those, and it's time to cut it down. At least you will know we've done everything we could possibly do. The same is true with people. People need to grow into jobs and responsibilities and organizations. Give them the time to grow and to manifest their gifts and talents. 
And if after a reasonable time, they have not shown what is necessary, despite the water, despite the fertilizer, the sunlight, and everything else that you provide, well, in that case, you might have to toss that one or place it in another location or have it fulfill a different role, is what I would say. And that's what I would remind you about. So remember this parable of the fig tree as you think about what next? Is it blooming season or is this the quiescent phase? Is this the time of dormancy where my people, my plants, my organization, my company give that time to your people for continued growth? So thank you for being with me today. And I look forward to speaking with you next time about other subjects that inspire growth. In some parts of the world, including the United States, loneliness, depression, and suicide are at an all-time high. With me today is Dr. Clarence Schuler, President and CEO of Building Lasting Relationships. He personally experienced a bout of depression. Dr. Schuler, tell us a little bit about what you learned in your experience and what resources you have available for us. Well, mental health is a really big thing in America today, like you said, and African-American men are the number one depressed group in America. And I think men in general would come into that. And when I went through my depression, it was really a thing of idolatry. I hate to say that, but I was trying to validate myself by how much money I made or my success. And I was fortunate enough to have a Christian counselor, a Dr. Monique Gadsden, who helped me work through that. So now managing my depression more effectively. And so one of the resources that we have is our book, Finding Hope in a Dark Place, Facing Loneliness, Depression, and Anxiety with the Power of Grace. And so I hope you will use it as a resource just to see where you are emotionally. It's not a sin to be depressed. So I just want to encourage you and give you hope that your depression can be come under control. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Schuler. And what I want everyone to know, as he already said, this is a book that was co-written with his counselor. So it is the real deal. If you want to know more about the book or more about services that are available to deal with depression and loneliness, go to drclarenceschuler.com. That's clarenceschuler.com. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.